Hey traders, welcome to episode six of the Duomo Trading Podcast. I know that we haven't had a podcast episode for a few weeks, but we're back again now with an important economic topic that we wanted to discuss. So with me today, I've got again Lorenzo Berriozzo, who's our chief economist at Puricasa AG. So hi, Lorenzo. Hi, Nicolas. Thanks for having me. No problem. And what we're going to be discussing today is based on some research that we actually turned into an article, which was released on Seeking Alpha and NASDAQ. Um, a few months ago and it was about the Chinese economy and in particular whether they were going to devalue the yuan or if they should devalue the yuan. Now obviously this week there was news that Moody's had downgraded the Chinese economy to I believe it's A1 and so this brings a lot of um, the same issues back into the discussion. So we wanted to discuss this topic today and delve a bit deeper into the problems that they're facing and what we expect to be happening from here. So, Lorenzo, would you mind starting us off by explaining a bit about the situation and the background of it? Sure, yes. Well, what happened, as you, uh, as you quickly mentioned, is that last week uh, the Chinese debt is being downgraded. And uh, was, we can't say that it was expected, but of course there was a possible outcome um, given the overall um, you know, growth of debt uh, that China has, uh, has had in the past months and in the past years. Uh, as part of our previous article, we were mentioning that you know China is in a situation where both um, that was growing and on the other hand their uh, foreign currency reserves were shrinking, and that could have posed a threat because the moment in which you know the China finds itself in a situation where they are no longer being able to um, manage their accounts the way they would want to, uh, that could trigger the risk for them. To devalue the currency, and based on the uh, you know the experience of last uh, China's devaluation, that could have tremendous effect, negative effect on the market. So it's a situation that needs to be sort of constantly monitored, and uh, of course we're doing it. And of course, um, based on you know what we were discussing and what we wrote the other time, it's also interesting to see this recent um uh, downgrading in conjunction with what's happening in the uh, in the overall financial Chinese financial shadow market um, China has a huge financial shadow market uh, you're looking at something that is worth trillions of dollars where of course with the sudden wealth that the country has experienced um, there's been the formation of a middle class, a middle class that needs to allocate its savings. And one of the most proper, probably the most popular tool, investment tool that they have used are the so-called uh, wealth management products. Now, it sounds like a very um, you know, conservative and a very uh, scary label, but what it basically is are like unsecured investments. So our money that you know the banks and insurance company collect from uh, the Chinese middle class, most people think that this money are then being invested in, in, in secure investment. This is not the case. Most of them go into risky development projects as well as state-owned enterprises. As you know, China is a regulated economy, and the Chinese government is always looking for funds in order to uh, you know, to, to continue uh, funding its project and, and launching new ones. So basically, you have this flow of, of money from the middle class into those projects. Now, the things that make those products particularly dangerous is the fact that, first of all, they offer, of course, a very high return. You're looking at, according to the, uh, the few numbers that are, of course, available here in the West, something in the region of 6 to 8%, which, of course, it's, it's a fixed return. 
and that's very enticing for for people uh, but basically it's it's also a big scheme because what happened is that um, people invest into those products and then when those products mature they offer the chance to either redeem those money or keep investing and you know at a discount or depending on the circumstances the bank can even throw an additional you know additional returns etc now the problem is that if a, 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 I mean an investor decides to redeem this is uh, is money, what, what's basically happening is that the bank or the insurance company needs to basically take you know the money from somewhere else and give it back to the investor. So it's a big scheme. Uh, the, the 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 main danger here is that what happens is all of a sudden you have uh, thousands or hundreds of thousands of investors that all at once start to claiming their money back. You could experience a, basically a, a bank run, a bank run that could cripple the Chinese economy, you know, in, in a moment where, of course, he's already experiencing other weaknesses. So this is the main risk at the moment. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't be too extreme then to call it actually quite similar to a Ponzi scheme of sorts. It wouldn't. It wouldn't. I think it's, you know, technically that that's what it is. Um, because, yeah, I mean, those products, I said, are unsecured. And so... Definitely, that that would uh, that's what it would look like. Um, this, of course, needs to be seen and analyzed in you know by looking at the big picture. Uh, if you look at China, of course, they are they are running huge level of debt. You're looking at something in the region of probably 200, 250 percent of GDP, which mostly comes from corporate. Now, these are official stats. As a matter of fact, probably they underestimate uh, you know, the real magnitude of this issue because, unfortunately, most banks are keeping these, uh, you know, the, the accounting of these WMPs, wealth management products, off their balance sheet. So we don't really know what the size of the problem is. And guess what? Um, the way that you know, the, the, the Chinese economy works, there's always the hope that Beijing, the capital, will bail everybody out you know the moment in which uh, you know the situation starts to deteriorate so there, there's this uh, you know incentive in, in basically taking very risky positions and running very risky conducts knowing that the central government will will bail everybody out and of course that's that's an incentive that's a risk incentive that you know we need to to be aware of yeah and at the same time as downgrading china then i think there was something like uh, 25 or so um, institutions that are also downgraded, financial institutions, lenders, and that kind of thing. Because I think the the way it will go is obviously that China is the lender of last resort to the banking system, which is the lender to the shadow banking system. So it ends up being that whatever happens on the smaller scale is going to ripple, uh, have a ripple effect up to actually becoming a sovereign crisis. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, there is this risk in conjunction with what we wrote, you know, in our previous article about the. Uh, uh, progressive thinning of their foreign of their foreign currency reserves. Now they seems they have stabilized, you know, around this ballpark figure of about three trillions. But nonetheless, I mean, especially given now the downgrade, it's fair to assume they're going to have to use some of these resources in order to prop up their currency. Um, and probably that's something that it's already showing in the market. So overall, the situation is where you have a lot of growing debt. China is also experiencing, you know, in the past months, some, there's been some sign of weaker growth, as well as, you know, looking abroad outside of the Chinese boundaries, a stronger dollar, which, of course, uh, since you, all that is, is uh, 
uh, it needs to be considered in nominal term makes, makes it harder and more difficult to repay. So you have all these various you know, uh, elements that can contribute to you know, have this big bubble uh, explode at a certain point in time if no corrective measures are taken uh, rather than sooner than later. Um, so it's, it's, it's a big problem and we need to see how that evolves until the end of 2017. Mm -hmm. Well, we were expecting when, when Moody's were sort of downgrading the outlook for China, we expected that it could happen at some point that they'd have to downgrade their actual rating. And it seems that it happened sooner than a lot of people expected. So perhaps a lot of now the knock on effects can also happen a lot sooner rather than later, like you said. It's a possibility. It's definitely a possibility. Look, uh, just to give an example, there's this uh, Chinese insurance company called 4C who had previously been banned by the Chinese uh, regulator to, to issue new WMPs because probably they are aware of the situation. And as a response to that, the company basically wrote an official letter, I mean, official communication to the regulator saying, look, if you don't leave that ban, in the next few months, I mean, that could cause, and I'm quoting their word, mass defaults and social unrest. Because, of course, the, the, the sheer amount of people asking redemption, I mean, calls for, you know, this, this engine, I mean, it is to just to be kept on. And, I mean, they need to keep collecting new money, fresh money from, you know, new investors in order to repay those that want to, you know, those that want out. So the fact that you have one of the you know largest insurance company that uh, largest Chinese insurer uh, that you know um, it, it's forced to write such a dramatic uh, communication to the, to the central regulator, I mean, gives you probably you know a good a good picture of the how critical this moment is. Yeah, it definitely seems critical from the the data and the fact there's been a downgrade now sort of represents that. Although that's sort of looking back at what's happened so far, it seems rather than what's ahead. But it seems that people aren't taking it as seriously as the Asian crisis uh, over a decade ago or even the European crisis more recently. It doesn't seem to have as much of um, as much of a focus in the financial media or in investors' minds. But now that we are making people aware of this, is there anything in particular now that you'd be watching other than obviously things like downgrades, but specifically with data or things from the government that would be a sign that things are improving or potentially getting worse well of course one key piece of data that you know we always have to keep in mind is basically the outstanding balance for these wm you know wmp products i mean if you look at you know uh, data you see that there's been a, a stunning growth from basically less than a billion in 2008 all the way up to close to 30 trillion yuan now so, I mean, it's been impressive. So the fact that, you know, investor keeps in, you know, putting their money into, into these type of products, I mean, can give you a, a, good, a good indication of whether these sort of conditions, this critical condition is perceived as a, as a threat or not. As said, unfortunately, in China, there's always this, um, you know, this, this sort of shared belief that Beijing will bail everybody out. So we don't have, we have to be very realistic here and, and, and sort of understand that there will not probably be any any inversion of that cycle anytime soon because people will keep hoping that you know the central government will bail them out. But that's definitely a piece of data that needs to be that needs to be kept under close monitoring. I mean, looking at another evidence and another piece of evidence is definitely the overall liquidity support to the banking system that comes from the Chinese central bank, which again in the past 
say 12 to 18 months if, if measuring billions on of, of yuan i mean it's been again growing quite significantly uh, again it's a sign of distress it's a sign of distress that the you know the financial market the chinese financial market in itself is showing some sign of weaknesses and you know and there are clear sign of bubbles uh, the point is, you know, w what options do the, chi the Chinese authority have in their hands? Because they're, now there are multiple targets and some of them are mutually exclusive. So they're going to have to make some, some tough decisions in the, in the months ahead. Yeah, no, sort of goes back to what we discussed in our original research a few months ago. Yes. So I'm, I'm sure there's something that we're going to be keeping our eye on as we already identify it as a huge problem. So I'm sure we'll pick it up again in the future. And in the meantime, whenever we come across new developments, we will be sharing them via the Duomo Facebook page and through the Purikasa social media. So thanks a lot for, for your time and explaining the topic, Lorenzo. Thanks for having me. And remember, guys, if you haven't already subscribed to the podcast, whatever platform you're on, make sure you subscribe and please leave us a rating. Thanks for listening and we'll see you in the next episode very soon.